Hey everyone, welcome back to a new Unconstrained Conversation. We did take a break last week to celebrate our 50th episode, and now that we've sobered up, we are back with another very special guest. Chris Green, President and CEO of third-party hotel management company Chesapeake Hospitality. Chris was appointed in his most recent role three months before COVID emerged, and he has tirelessly advocated for Chesapeake since then. He believes that the hotel industry is entering a renaissance post-pandemic and in this conversation lays out his thoughts on why. Chris is also a huge advocate of revenue management to drive competitive advantage, which always makes the conversation relevant and stimulating, at least for me. Finally, Chris shares his belief why now is the perfect time to make a career in the hotel industry. Enjoy this very unconstrained conversation and if you like what you hear, please make sure you rate this podcast with five stars. Finally, if you are an expert in hospitality, revenue management, pricing, or commercial leadership, and want to join me on this podcast for an unconstrained conversation, please ping me on LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to connect with you. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. Uh, this is episode 51. We had a big celebration last week, and uh, we have a bigger, even bigger celebration this week because our very special guest uh, here on the um, uh, Unconstrained Conversation podcast is Chris Green, who is the CEO of Chesapeake Hospitality, a uh, management company uh, with about uh, close to 30 hotels uh, around the U.S. And uh, Chris has been an outspoken advocate of revenue management. I'm sure he's a revenue manager by heart. So I'm, uh, I'm, a very, uh, I'm very excited to uh, have you on the podcast here. Hi, Chris. Thanks, Klaus. Glad to be here. I appreciate it. Thanks for take, taking your time. I'm sure you're super busy getting your hotels restarted and, and uh, taking full advantage of the rebound. I'll start you off with the, the first question here. Um, you did talk about in, in conversations and in articles that I've read about you about this uh, renaissance for the industry, um, which I, I, I quite like as a word. Um, it kind of has an old, old historical slant to it and, and a new slant to it. Um, expand a little bit about what you mean with, with renaissance. Why did you kind of pick that word and not rebound or restart or, or the new normal? Well, I think I think it's a great question. I, the, the reason I used renaissance was, you know, we have had rebounds after 2001 and after the financial crisis. And of course, we're going to be going through a rebound, but but never in the history of our business have we had such a long period to be able to reset our business reframe what it looks like to be in hospitality, to look at things with a hard vision on what matters and what things were we doing just because everybody else was doing them as we got to 2019, and really take a hard look and say, okay, these are the things that absolutely matter that must be in place for us to take hospitality as a business to the next level. And I think you're going to see that both on revenue management, revenue generation, the way we structure sales teams, the way we structure operations, and quite frankly, what costs we do and don't allow into our business now. So, so what are some of the changes that you have made specifically to kind of prepare for that for that renaissance? You talked about restructuring sales, having a different approach to revenue management, taking costs out, which is obviously being critical. You manage a, a very diverse portfolio, uh, different brands, different brand owners, um, independence. So uh, that must have been quite an interesting exercise over the last few months. It is. It is. I mean, if I take sales specifically, one of the things I've been talking about with our head of sales is, is there was a very um, 
old structure in sales and marketing. We're mostly full service hotels, so you always had different segmented salespeople attacking different, you know, the specific segments, whether it was social, military, corporate, group, government, et cetera, catering. And what we've seen is, is we're going to be moving more to a sales specialist type role where people are selling across industries because at this, you know, we, we had gotten to the point where that was just what everybody else was doing. And through this, we've seen that sales experts, whether they were, you know, functional in corporate or in, you know, in government you know, um, or social and military, that they would just focus only on those segments and not understand the, the benefit to the business across all segments. And then we had to have the DOS looking at that. So we've been looking at these functional selling teams that basically they just attack the business and, and really because of the way it's coming back. It doesn't make any sense to have somebody selling corporate group right now. But you still yeah. need your best seller, right? You need your very best seller selling what is available, which is leisure and social. And so we've, we're looking at instead of having segmented sales, we're having sales specialists that are attacking the markets as they come back. And really the same thing, Klaus, on the revenue management side is it's very simple to go back to the old days of, of looking at all of your segmented strategies across you know, GDS and OTA and IBT and and then the, all your LNR, KNR rates and everything else. But what matters is, is what's traveling and having our experts in revenue management ensuring that, that while they may want to pay attention to corporate if it's starting to slowly rebound, we need to be doing everything anybody's ever heard of on leisure, everything, whether it's dream phase through our web development, making sure that we're in the dream phase for guests, or we're working on our, our geolocations for our maps of our hotels to make sure people understand how drivable we are. Just So really honing in on that segment instead of managing all the segments, we've never seen a period when only certain segments were traveling. And so to do that, you've got to stay intent about what you're doing in the space. And those are just some of the things on the revenue side. If you get to the cost side, there's a ton of things that have people were doing just to do, I think, in 19. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just added on. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. I mean, this is my third cycle. I mean, I wasn't here for the fourth one, you know, but I, the, the, this is my third cycle. And we can't help ourselves. As we approach the peak of any cycle, I can take a look around and I hate to even say it, even in my portfolio, and I can see that we're getting fat around the middle, that we've added mm -hmm. things because it's the hot new thing or everybody's got to have, you know, this messaging system or, or, or this accounting add on. And, and it doesn't re it's not really accretive unless to the hotel. So we mm -hmm. just need to be really careful. And I think you're going to see hoteliers being more careful than they've ever been coming out of this. Yeah, let's come back to the, just a segment quickly, and then I, I, I ask you a follow-up question on the cost. Do, do you feel it's gotten more complicated? Because in the past, it feels to me in the past, we've looked at leisure and then business and then you know the, 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 the traditional segments. Now I feel it's gotten much more micro, right? You want to understand the family traveling within 500 miles. Uh, you want to understand the kind of the, the social reunions that are going to happen. You want it, it, it's you are required to move into a much more granular detail than we have in the past because, as you said, there is just so many different variations of people who will travel and won't travel. Has that made it more complicated for you as a team? I think it's made it only more complicated on how do you attack that traveler base. That's the most difficult thing, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we're very good. Granular is one of our key words in revenue management. I think it should be everybody's revenue management word, right? <laughs> Granularity. But 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 being granular to to your point about okay, how do we get in front of the traveler that's trying to think in a 350 mile radius of their home? And and so it's basically taking a broad strategy of okay. 
business travel is not traveling and boy, we'd love those $189 rates, but they're not traveling. So how are we going to maximize our capacity within what is traveling? And so our, my message to the team has been, I want every room that's traveling to our market in our building. I don't want to worry about our RGI or our share or index. I want to worry about how many rooms are coming to the, to the market and how many of those rooms are we getting? Because if you think about it, you've basically taken a broad focus, right? All the way from contract and everything else. And then you've just narrowed it down onto one segment or just a couple segments. So frankly, it should be a little easier for our revenue management professionals, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, glad, I'm, glad to, I'm glad you're saying that, and I'm sure they're happy to hear that. <laughs> I'm not sure they will agree, but... <laughs> well, I say that stuff all the time. That should be easy for you. And they, 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 exactly. just shake their, they shake their heads at me, but it's okay. Yeah. Just push a button. Just push yeah. a button. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. So, so, so what are some of the, the things that... Right, speaking about revenue management, I'm still coming back to the cost later, but speaking about revenue management, what have you challenged them with? You know, you're you're obviously the CEO, right? And a lot of our listeners are revenue management professionals or or, or revenue leaders. Um, from a CEO perspective, what are some of the things that you're looking for from your revenue management teams that maybe in the past you wouldn't have been maybe that determined to find? That's that's a great question. Uh, I expect a lot of our revenue. We have a great revenue management team, but mm-hmm. I think what I've been asking them to be is really thoughtful and, and flexible. Like I, I, I don't want them to get too stuck in process. I want them to take the next step. And, and to, to all you revenue managers out there, this is what I would encourage you to do. I love revenue management. I, Klaus and I were uh, laughing before the call because my VP of revenue strategy would like me to stay out of it some, but I love it. <laughs> But I would, I would just challenge them to not stop at what they see in front of them. And that's what I've been tasking our team to do is don't, don't say, okay, you know, leisure's traveling in and there's only so much leisure or, but, but to, to take and do kind of a wheel exercise and go, what else travels with leisure? What's, what's attached with leisure? Um, And then if you're doing, if you're seeing government, which a lot of people are seeing government travel, okay, what else is traveling with government? Kind of like the same thing you do on the sales side but on the revenue side and going, okay, we know that this is a stake in the ground in leisure. Okay. What's attached to leisure? There's families, there's reunions, there's weddings, there's, and then how do we as a revenue management department attack those specific segments? And this is why I say there's going to be a renaissance. Now it's probably going to make everybody's head hurt, but I think we're going to need to be doing, we weren't doing that even before we were doing some of it. Like we'd go into GDS, right. And we'd be looking at, okay, who's the travel manager in Denver booking for this account. But I think at this point, when we come back, we're going to be even more granular. We're going to be like, okay, not only is that travel manager booking, but you know, where else has she booked? What other companies does she book for? Where do they? Tra- I mean, just really expanding our network because every room always has mattered. But I think we were always bound by our index, and that's something that in, during the pandemic, I've really been thinking about a lot: is should we be bound by our index, or should mm-hmm. we be bound by our performance? Right. Right. And, and index, you're referring to RGI as, as the key there. Right. Yeah. Right. And and how do you compare that with bound by performance? What's for you in your mind? What's the differentiator or what's the difference? Well, I built a tool, right? I built a tool back when I was a GM and I, it's, it's, I still have it. It's called the, we took their money calculator and I used it. To, <laughs> I used it to teach my team 
that it didn't matter what our index was. It did matter, right? You wanted to be running a 120 or a 150 or whatever. But I wanted to show them that the value of taking rooms from the marketplace for our building and just how much money, if we were the Hilton and they were the Marriott and the Radisson, how much money of theirs we could take every week. And that was the challenge we would do is not only our share, but extra rooms, extra rooms, extra rooms. And I think that's the difference. And to me, we've always learned at Chesapeake is is people always seem to stop at what's right in front of them. If the hotel's running a 125, that's a great index. Well, is it really or is it not really? Is there if there's another thousand rooms in your market on a Sunday night and you're only running a 115 on a Sunday, why can't you run a 180 index? What what's stopping you from doing that? And then what strategies do you need to put in place to get to a 180? Right? I, I hope all of our competitors don't think like that because that's what helps me, but that's how we think. I love that uh, the money we took from others uh, uh, tool. <laughs> maybe maybe that's something we'll build into ours. Is kind of, Here's the money we took from the others. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure you have a patent on that already. <laughs> yeah. No, I probably should. But uh, it was more just for motivation. It was more to show yeah. them the value of. And I would break it down, Klaus, all the way to the fact like, okay, we took enough from the courtyard to pay all the payroll payroll for the hotel. And that really opened people's eyes. It really did. And frankly, when you sat down in an owner's meeting as a GM or a head of revenue and you said to the owner, not only did we achieve our goal, we achieved 40% of their goal. I mean, that's pretty powerful. So. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a great concept. And I agree the whole notion of an RGI. I know Wall Street looks at it and, and, and many, many people in the industry looks at it, look at it. But but over time, and SDR is going to hit me say that, but over time, I feel the relevance will become less and less important for the industry. Um, uh, because it'll just be very, very difficult to compare performance because different people will, will measure it differently. Absolutely. And especially when we start talking about total revenue performance, not just rooms performance and then total profitability and all these concepts that, that are starting to really kick in. How do, why, do you, why do you measure RGI when you should be looking at total performance or total sure. revenues or other things, right? Especially, uh, when you have, especially when you have other space in your hotel. I mean, yeah. you know, you need to be doing, you need to be doing your, your, performance based on how much did we sell in the pantry how much did we sell at the bar all of that stuff and really if, if we determine that leisure is like this specific leisure segment brings with it 77 dollars of other spending parking bar average per room then it's not worse than corporate but it well it is if you're not able to properly run your other departments to get a good profit flow through which that's a whole nother podcast we'd have to have on getting flow through <laughs> other departments so we'll get you back for that <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do want to ask you the question on profitability though so what what are the things that you think uh, are not going to come back um, when you think about profitability you know we heard about very last year very quickly you know housekeeping went away or it went to two days or three days or once a stay or something like that. Um, F and B hasn't really come back in 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 the hotels that I've traveled in. Uh, it's still closed, right? In many places, or or very reduced. What what do you think? What what's coming back? You know, three years down the road, or what's not come? What's not going to come back? I think I think flexible housekeeping is here to stay. You know, yeah. I was already. I don't know about most travelers, but I was already. If I'm in a business travel trip and I'm there three days, I don't need my room cleaned at all. I really don't. Yeah. So, and 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 I, maybe it's because I'm in, at the industry. I don't want to burden the hotel and the housekeeper when I'm just easy. I'm half the bed and and I you know one towel and I'm down the road. But I think flexible housekeeping is here to stay. 
Um, I think that the tools, some of the tools that I've looked at that are going to maximize efficiency on housekeeping are going to be something that's going to be here for sure. I think people were kind of agnostic to them because we had this tried and true 16 rooms a day. And mm-hmm. But I think I've seen some tools out there through the pandemic that have really maximized travel time and, and what, you know, what the notification time to the front desk. And even I think that uh, different check-in times are going to be something that's new that's going to come out. It's, why, why do we always say it has to be 3 o'clock? I think that's all going to change. I mean, I think that it's just a huge revenue opportunity, and I think it's also a guest uh, satisfier opportunity that's going to come back. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see different staffing. I think you're going to see a different structure in sales going forward. I think you're going to see a much bigger focus on granular revenue management instead of kind of the high-level – Let's just watch the general rates on the day-to-day basis. I don't think that's and, – and then, listen, that's not what everybody was doing, but a lot of people were doing that. So I think that – but I do think that to get to the profitability levels, we need to support, support the debt that we have in most hotels coming out of 19. We're going to have to go without and learn to be better, more efficient use of technology um, and also how to drive revenue with less people probably in the seats in the mm-hmm. sales office. So I think those are going to be things that we're going to be seeing. But we're going to be back. Food and beverage for sure is coming back. I was recently at a hotel in Savannah, Georgia with my wife for our anniversary. F&B was open and it was packed. So I think once you get it open and running right, people are going to go. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. What about centralization? Are you thinking a lot about that? Or, or have you had that in place already before? We hear a lot from our clients about you know, we're taking our revenue management teams or sales teams out of the properties, moving it into central locations. Instead of having 15 people, now we have five people at the central level, which means we need different tools and different access to data and all that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we Chesapeake's always been a little bit on the forefront as far as that. Mm-hmm. We, I believe in centralization just to have, if I could have five experts doing, watching over, you know, five to seven hotels a piece, say revenue management, then I could be more granular. And, and then I could also apply best practices across instead of getting siloed if one hotel in Houston is doing one thing, you know, and the, and the, the, the argument used to be, well, you got to know the local market. I believe you can lo- know the local market. You visit the hotel twice a year and you talk to the DOS and the GM three times a week, you know the market. And there's so much data available that, that I think mm-hmm. true experts that can be centralized is a huge benefit and just really using technology. I mean, if you think about it, if we're smart and we have – I mean, we have access to all these different tools, you know, um, text notifications of what's happening in the hotel, text surveys. I mean, we literally can create heat maps about what's happening in all of our properties, and they can be up on big monitors at the corporate office saying, okay, there's an elevator problem in Louisville. And we know it because the texts are coming in, elevator problem or whatever, elevator slow. And we can be so much more efficient at reacting instead of saying, okay, we're going to put a VP on the plane and go to Louisville every sixth week. Well, maybe Louisville doesn't need that VP. Maybe what needs the VP is Houston. So I think you're going to see all of the integration of technology to move us forward. And that's what I think is going to be the renaissance is some things are going to look very much the same, but some things are going to be look very different. And and mm. to me, just so much better. It feels more dynamic just listening, talking to you. It feels more real time and it feels much more automated, of course. Um, and, and, you know, I'm thinking about some of the things I've seen in the past about IOT, right? Where you have, uh, where you have the, the, these connected buildings that are buildings are telling you what's going on in their buildings. Right. Right. And you, you're talking about text messages. You don't even have to have text messages, the no. building telling you that something's yeah. wrong. Right. Um, and for a hotel, that's going to be, I think, very, very exciting when you know something is broken before anyone else knows. Right. Just because you get it on an alert. 
somewhere yeah. automatically. Well, imagine if your chief engineer gets an alert that all of a sudden six rooms in the West Tower are above normal temperature. Well, yeah. I mean, that's like, you wouldn't know about that till the next day normally when the guests were complaining at the front desk. Now we're going to know ahead of time while they're out, you know, doing whatever they're doing on their daily activities and we're going to have it fixed before they get back. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a really, I think training is going to be huge. Really training mm-hmm. hotel people to pick up and be technology people is going to be yeah. something we have to work hard on to make that happen. That's been an ongoing struggle for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my last question here, um, you know, if you look, if you look back, actually two questions. One is if you look back, what would you tell yourself 12 months ago? You know, what, what advice would you give yourself, your, your 12 month younger self? And then the last question I always ask everyone is what kind of advice would you give to somebody just starting out in industry or, or graduating from school or at the end of the school year, um, uh, somebody who's aspiring to get to your role? So first question, what would you tell your younger self, your 12-month younger self? Um, let's start with that. <laughs> That's a good I – I, I thought about <laughs> that. Uh, I think I would tell myself not to rush it. Um, I think that that there was a lot of angst created when the pandemic occurred because hotel people, by nature, and all you revenue managers that are listening, we go daily forecast, weekly forecast, monthly forecast, quarterly forecast. I mean, we live like that. That's how we live, and we're always updating. Well, we had no idea, but if I could, if I could give myself this piece of advice, I'd say take a deep breath and go slow. Think about the things that absolutely matter and what you want to be when this thing is over because right now we don't know. We spend a lot of time – I mean, just like we are, we're hard driving a type people. So we were like, okay, let's form a committee on this and a committee on this. And let's, and I, I mean, I think I ran some of my people ragged, you know, if I'm mm. honest about it, trying to overcome the pandemic. I mean, this is a global pandemic in little Chesapeake. We're trying to overcome it. Well, I think I would have said, just take, you know, just pace yourself, just be thoughtful. People are experiencing a lot of outside struggle from the pandemic. Mm. Be thoughtful. You know, we were able to keep our complete team together through the pandemic, which I'm really proud of, and our corporate team. And that was something that's been a huge blessing to us as a company. But I think I would have just gone a little easier because we didn't know how long it was going to take and paced myself. Because, I mean, I'm happy things are coming back. But I have to say, if I'm honest, I have a little fatigue from the last 12, 14 months of just trying to figure – I mean, you're trying to figure out something that has no answer. You know, when you run into a brick wall, like, okay, let's do this in sales. Well, there's nobody booking there. Let's do this in sales. There's nobody booking. It's it's very difficult as an A-type to try and run into brick walls all day. Now, <laughs> I'm just visualizing that, but yes. <laughs> we're going to need a bigger hammer. You know, that's what I say. If I can't get the nail to go in, I'm going to get a bigger hammer. Um, to, to somebody joining our industry, and I've said this a lot, and I mean this. You know, I joined in two. I actually joined the business in 2000. Was when I joined the hotel business. I was in restaurants before that, but I joined in 2000. Little did I know that because of a major issue, 9/11, in our business, I would have an accelerated career opportunity. And here's why: this is just facts, right? So after 9/11, everybody that had the job title assistant was kind of moved out of the industry. No assistant GMs, no assistant FB directors, no assistant whatever. And so because I was new and aggressive and motivated and loved the business, I had this like rocket sled opportunity to grow. And that's exactly what's happening now. We're struggling to get great people, but people love hospitality. There's never going to be a better time in my mind if you're a recent grad or you want to get in and go from front office 
you know, front desk to front office supervisor to front office manager to rooms division to assistant GM to GM. I think that 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 is open. Those paths are wide open to people who want to make it happen. It's going to take effort. It's going to take flexibility. It's going to take stay in the course because the next 18 to 24 months are going to be difficult. You're going to be short staffed. But I will tell you through that time, you'll learn more than you've ever learned. And you'll be able to put that in your back pocket and you'll be seasoned in the time it takes some people 10 years to get seasoned because you're going to see so much. So I would encourage people and I need you to jump in with both feet. We need great people in our industry. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and I haven't thought about that way, but it's absolutely true that you're almost like in a startup mentality now where you just uh, uh, roll your sleeves up and you do anything you can to get through this. And then in two years, you're going to be like, well, I've done all these different functions. I'm ready for it big promotion in, in a couple yeah, of years, which absolutely which, uh, you, you removed a lot of layers of, of blockages and a lot of people there that um, that are gone now. And 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 we do need a lot of people to make sure that the, the industry is able to come back. Um, I really appreciate your time, Chris. Uh, I, I know you're 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 very, very busy. So I thank you for your for your half hour here. Uh, thanks it. for the conversation. You loved it. We'll bring you back and talk about profitability maybe in a few months. <laughs> Sounds good. It's one of my favorite topics. So Great. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.